comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I'll be backing your stuff up till the end. We ride together, we die together. Are you quoting the FP? No way, bro. You're still doing it, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I freely admit it now. Well, I got you, man. Let's not get 187 <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Aren't we talking about the Raid 2 next week? We are? Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. In, in, introduction. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hola! Hola! Hello. Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and, and other, other fun stuff. stuff. This is episode 146. 146. That's uh, 11? Indeed. <laughs> Just adding it all up. Or 24 in the multiplication. That's one way to do it as well. And this episode we are talking about The Raid 2, Barrendal. And joining us, finally, right? It's been out, but now it's in wide release, so why not? And joining us for The Raid 2, Barrendal. That's just a fun word to say. We have the senior editor and LA correspondent for VeryAware.com doing her best to keep it together. It's Courtney Howard. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And writer for the youngfolks.com, back from baseball bat practice, it is Jose Cordova. Hey, folks. How are you two doing? Good. I'm doing all right. There you go. There's no are need for a pause. That's just I'll answer, honestly. They're trying to think of something funny. premises. Yeah. <laughs> Abe, how are you doing? I never ask you. You know, I'm doing okay. I shaved today. You know, my two whiskers, because I'm Asian, so <laughs> really... Can't really complain. It's also a really nice and warm day. Might go out for a jog later. I've been yeah. out this weekend. Yeah. I, yeah. I, was, I was hiking yesterday. I was playing some little disc golf beforehand. It's a, It's been a nice little weekend. 18 and an extra 9, huh? 18 and an extra 9, yeah. I got I got four birdies today, by the way, too. But, yeah. Anyway, um, I'd like to think that this Raid 2 podcast is going to be the only Raid 2 podcast that features a lovely woman, a Mexican, a black guy and an Asian, all in the same place, talking about the same movie. But I mean, well, I don't want to jump to the record books right yet, but I feel like that's true. So. I, yeah, the only thing that we're missing is Korean Jesus. We like making history on this podcast. That's what I'm saying. You're the Fast and Furious. <laughs> that's right. Yes. There you, there you go. The and the UN slow claps us. <laughs> Speaking of slow claps, let's get to iTunes reviews and ratings because we love getting iTunes reviews and ratings. It helps out our show. It helps other people find our show, and you know, it's nice to uh, receive some uh, some ratings and whatnot and everything. And we got a new one from Dan the Beagle on iTunes. That's a fun name right there. I read this one. It says, "This is by far one of my favorite podcasts I listen to. The chemistry between Aaron and Abe is so good, and you can tell these guys love what they do and they love movies. It would be great if it was just these two guys talking about movies, but then." Then, 
they throw in extras. The guests they get are phenomenal additions to every show. Let's talk about you guys. Phenomenal. That's a word that you guys could use to describe yourselves. Is Dan the Beagle described yeah. by such. And the games just bring this thing over the top. I find myself quoting the game titles randomly like No Everybody and Out No Quickies TM. Yeah. I quote along with the game and they're so much fun. Also, the bonus commentary episodes are great when I work from home. I've listened to them all and watched along and it's a great time. The last thing I'll say is that they review movies in an honest manner. They're not stuck-up movie snobs who can appreciate movies for what they are. And they have always such diverse guests that you get a whole range of tastes to review movies. Excellent, excellent, excellent. He wrote three excellents. I mean, that's just, that's wonderful. That's, thank With you very much. With an exclamation mark, by the way. Exactly, yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Good, good iTunes review. Thanks, Dan the Beagle. We're not limiting these, of course, to just superb iTunes reviews. If you have a criticism, we're not an iTunes review. But regardless, just send us an iTunes review. It'd be great. And um, that means we only have five to go, Abe. We wanted seven before the 150th episode, and we're pre- we're pretty we're getting there. I think we're pretty on pace to get to five by Cinco de Mayo. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's perfect. So yeah. What else? Speaking of which, our 150th episode it's coming. It's uh, it's coming down the pipeline. We got we got a big plan for it. it should be a lot of fun. And um, we're, uh, when we get past that, we're gonna have some changes to the show. Not nothing too dramatic, dramatic, but uh. It's a we're gonna, things we're, to enhance your listening experience. Exactly, it's yes. a good way to put it. And uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for announcements. St- oh, happy Passover! By the way, this episode should come up on the first day of Passover. So there you go. Um, and yeah, all right, let's move on. Let's get to uh, know everybody. Where each week we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. Know everybody. Let's let Abe start this one off this week. Sounds good, Jose. Shoot. You are the son of a mob boss or crime boss. Do you really, really want to be leading, or do you wait for your turn to take over the business? Oh no, I, I wait my turn. I'm I'm uh, very comfortable riding the bench, you know, <laughs> getting just enough glory. That's that's my sweet spot. So that sounds that's like a prudent move. I mean, I've, I've seen what happens here, and you know, it can get ugly sometimes. Exactly. It yeah. seems like one that doesn't lead a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wants disaster? Gotta keep the peace. Only roll an Emmerich. <laughs> That's probably true. Okay. Um, let's go to Aaron. Yeah. Have you ever learned or do you know any martial arts? Any specific ones? I know uh, I know Abe. Um, I've seen him actually demonstrate his martial arts prowess, so when he when he saved like, that when he saved that old woman from those two robbers that one time? <laughs> that was Mr. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Okay. Um, let's see. There's a fun question because no is the general answer, but there was a long time ago where I took a few classes of uh, taekwondo, but that that didn't last. Mm. I have a white belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like the equivalent of like a participation soccer trophy. It's <laughs> uh, pretty good. No, I just use dirty fighting. I like spit and throw dirt in people's faces <laughs> and run away and come up from I mean, behind I mean, them, push, push them over. Fighting style. Like, no, I, I like just acknowledging how, how how terrible my fighting skills are. That's, that's better for me. <laughs> uh, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's your approach to going undercover? Really headstrong and violent, or like in a friendlier manner? Um, it depends on the situation. I would oh, say. So you're not you're not afraid to get your hands dirty if you have to. No. No, right. it's, if somebody's coming at me, then I will be violent back. But if, you know, everybody's keeping the peace, then I'll be cool, calm, collected until I get pushed uh, to the edge. Notice that alliteration from Mama Bear there. 
Um, okay, so I guess it's my turn. Um, I will say Jose. Sure. Uh, the Raid 2 has more characters in it, and with the more characters, we get more weapons. What would be your weapon of choice? Ah, you took my question. Um, yes! It's such a good one. Um, weapon of choice. Um, Christopher I actually... Um, uh, oh, I, I actually, I played badminton in high school. Uh-huh. Which is random, random trivia fact. Um, so a, sh- a shuttlecock? No, the racket. Hey, <laughs> language. It's much more slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can swing those things pretty fast, and they're made out of uh, using some sort of carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that, that, I feel like I could cause some damage with that. All right. And it's fairly lightweight, too. Exactly. Exactly. Good answer. It's not going to be bulkier in the way. And you wouldn't see him coming. It's like, what's that guy here to do? And then you're like, oh, I got hit by a racket. <laughs> Ow, my head is bleeding. <laughs> exactly. Um, and now while I take an extended pause to try and think of another question, <laughs> Abe. Yeah. What? Okay, so we had um, one of the one of the actors from from the raid returns as a different character. Yes. Um. What? Uh, let's see, what what character from this movie would you like to see, or what actor would you like to see come back in another, because in, in, I, I think they've talked about making The Raid 3, so what, what actor would you like to see back, whether or not he, he survived this movie? The ghost of Joe whatever from Fast Oh, Joe Six. Taslin? Yeah. Oh, from the first raid. The, from the first yeah, raid, yeah, yeah, the, the police sergeant. captain and the first yeah, the yeah. sergeant, yeah. That guy was, uh, he was amazing in, in Fast 6, and he was also really cool in uh, The Raid Redemption. So it'd be great if he came back. I, I did like how they brought back the uh, the shorter guy. Um, but yeah, Mad, dog. Mad Dog. Mad Dog, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it fits in the same way of like uh, Sergio Leone's westerns where he has a lot of like Lee Van Cleef and everybody coming, even mm-hmm. Clay Eastwood, not technically playing the same characters. Right. right and uh, Quentin Tarantino did it with Kill Bill. Uh, with, yeah, uh, Tarantino's like an amazing example. I may, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I and the other guy. But uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Aaron. Yep. You are going to be going to undercover. The chief says, Aaron, we really need you undercover for two months. What does two months actually mean? Uh, two months, rule of three, um, dictates that it should be at least more than five. And I believe there's a, um, there's a, there's an international bonus clause that makes it time multiple, multiplied by four. So I guess, uh, about 20 months. One, yeah. That's so not right. It's a little short of two years, yeah. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds about perfectly accurate. I, I think I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, good thing I knew that knowledge. That was no way made up. All right. Jose. All right. What is your favorite action beat-em-up video game? Side-scroller, preferable. Side-scroller. Um, Streets of Rage 2. Boom! That's the right answer. Streets of Rage 2. Right number also everything. accepted, King of Fighters 95. It's all right, but Streets of Rage 2, specifically 2. two. I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page. I don't even need to explain, because it's, it's Streets of Rage 2. Um, Abe, yeah. now that we're going to see Expendables 3, who would you want to see in Expendables 4? Ooh, that's a good question. I, Chloe Moretz. Yeah, I was like, do they have to be old, or do they have to be, you know, anyone? It could be anyone, but they have to be alive, not dead. So it can't be, like, dead Marilyn Monroe. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. 
the famous uh, actress. <laughs> well, I was, I was there Ellen Lutz in here, so clearly you can get you can be anyone. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking into my into my knowledge base of terrible actors from like the '80s and uh, the guy yeah. that played Jim Carter. No, it'd be oh. Eric Roberts. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. For, he, was, what that? Say, he, he was in the first Expendables. No, then it'd be uh, the guy from the other movie. I don't know. Smooth. Oh, that guy. I got you chose Eric Roberts. My <laughs> <laughs> second answer would be Dave Franco. For... <laughs> just... just cause. Eric Roberts. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we've sufficiently gotten to know everybody. So that's how you play. No, know everybody. everybody. Move on now. Let's get to our, uh, I know, quickies. Jim. Each week or not now, there and a, we talk about one main movie of the week, but we also have other movies that we also see during the week, so we have a segment called Night Cookies. Dim! That was fast as That week. was really fast. I nailed it, though. Woo. Every word made wow. sense. Yeah. The, micro speed. Guy, the Micro Machines guy at home is like, damn it, he's going to get micro- my jobs now. <laughs> That's right. Let's start with Abe here. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I have not, but I'm catching him on Veep Season 3. Very funny. The, the whole first episode, yeah, good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is very funny. I'm looking forward to tonight. Um, yeah. Okay, Jose. Um, I watched 20 Feet from Stardom last night, which is oh, on Netflix yeah. now. Academy uh, Award-winning documentary. Exactly, um, and I think all the nominated docs are on Netflix now, so like, get on that, people. Um, but yeah, I, I had fun. It's uh, I think crowd-pleasing is the word that they got thrown around and makes sense. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's entertaining. Um, my girlfriend's like a musician, so... There's a lot of uh, cool like music history stuff in in that in that doc that just makes it um, really fun to watch and a lot of really good singing obviously. Great, yeah. I'm still, it's very high on my queue. I still have been wanting to see it. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I also watched um, I watched Caesar Chavez. Oh, still yeah. In theaters. Um, and it's pretty good. Um, it's a directorial debut of uh, Diego Luna, um, and I I don't think it uh, shows off any particular style from him mainly because it's a it's a pretty I don't want to say by the numbers biopic, but it kind of is. Yeah, that was um, those are my main thoughts too on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still liked it though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a it's an interesting story. It's an important story. Um, it, it just I it meant a lot for me to see it. My parents worked in the fields, and it's something that was like v- really close to. And they say Stockton in the movie like eight times, which is like where I live. So that's just kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just nice to see a lot of like brown people on screen in like leading roles. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not like the the best biopic you'll ever see, but I think it does convey the importance of that story as best as about as good as it can for its yeah, budget and exactly. whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That was about it. Courtney. Yes. What movies have you seen recently? Um. That, that you can talk about, I guess. That I can talk about. Um. Well, mostly it's been all new stuff this week, but I did pop in the uh, extended edition of The Counselor last night. Oh boy! Oh boy! That's Abe's one of favorite one of favorite Abe's favorite movies ever. I believe. That is that is a falsehood, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I had to review the extended. What did you think of the extended edition? Of um. Well. What did you think of The Counselor? Did you did you saw okay, The Counselor? Well, so, yeah, I had a uh, mixed feelings on The Counselor. I didn't love it. Uh, it it's just really surprising, and I think it makes a better I'm trying to remember my view because it's my review has been so long but it seemed to me like it would make a better like if you were reading the script versus what you're seeing yes because of the dialogue so heavy and it's very well like the dialogue is really well written but the setup and 
The scenarios aren't really the best. Um, it's the longest setup for a heist ever on screen. Um, and it's just feeling like, where is this going? Um, that was just in the theatrical release. And then I had mixed feelings on. I was one of the few who liked the character of Malkina. That's um, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Uh, the catfishing thing was bonkers, <laughs> but I enjoy bonkers cinema. So, um, but I was one of the few, uh, who thought it was really good to see that kind of character on screen. Um, but I didn't love the movie. Um, it is such a great talented cast, uh, but I just didn't love it. The extended edition, I just wanted to see if there was stuff that added to, because it felt like there was a lot of stuff that was cut out. Um, and I liked the opening scene with uh, my Fosse in bed with uh, Penelope Cruz. Uh, that was uh, pretty hot. But <laughs> outside of that, it just felt longer than yes. I had seen before. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's maybe one or two more things in there, like um, longer drawn-out stories, longer drawn-out scenes. But it didn't really add to what I thought was missing from the theatrical release. Um, so that was my feelings on that. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I watched. All right. I've seen a few things this week. Um, yes, last night I saw Joe. Uh, this is the new David Gordon Green film starring Nicolas Cage and Ty Sheridan of Mud fame. And I really, uh, I liked it. I think it has a few issues with how things escalate in it. But um, as far as kind of the acting goes, I think Ty Sheridan's a, a young actor to watch. And Nick Cage, it's nice to see him back in like a serious drama for a change and showing how like, I, I hate seeing things that say like proof that Nicolas Cage can still act, still act cause I like Nick Cage in general and just, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's just, he take, he treats it like a job and he takes all these kind of roles and no, not everyone's going to be an Oscar winner all of a sudden. But with that said, he's very good in Joe. So there you go. Um, I also saw Only Lovers Left Alive. Um, this oh, is yeah. the new Jim Jarmusch film. I am a huge Jim Jarmusch fan. Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai is one of my favorite movies. Um, Broken Flower is a solid one. Uh, Dead Man with Johnny Depp. Like, he he's, has a fantastic filmography in terms of kind of indie filmmaking with a very distinct style. This one stars Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton, and it's about a pair of vampires. But that's kind of the least interesting thing about this movie. <laughs> there's, there's so much going on, just the kind of style and the, the kind of the state of mind that Tom Hiddleston's in is like this vampire that's been around for like centuries, and but he just doesn't he, he just doesn't care for people and he does, he's not a fan of humanity at this point and he he deals he deals with that while it's like his wife played by Tilda Swinton she comes along and tries to kind of psych him up a bit more about living still and it's just I, I found it fascinating and, and it's very kind of darkly funny at times mm-hmm. and the mood is so wonderful and the soundtrack's great like mm-hmm. I, I just I really loved Only Lovers Left Alive mm-hmm. I agree with you I liked it a lot too um, really good atmosphere. Loved Mia Wazikowska mm-hmm. in her role. I felt like it kind of needed a little more of her, but um, yeah, there's very little plot in the movie. Like she yeah. exists mainly just to like push things forward a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I love Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston as like a pair. They're so like this has got to be like the sexiest vampire movie I've seen. You know, it's like there's no sparkle vamps. There's none of that like stuff anymore. And, <laughs> So, but I agree. I thought it was really fascinating. The points they brought up, um, the vampire dumb is just very secondary. Like you don't even think about it really. 
Really, really like that movie. And lastly, I know you saw this too, Courtney. Oculus. Oculus came out this weekend. Yeah. Um, I really liked Oculus. And as a person that wasn't a huge fan of uh, The Conjuring and was disappointed by Insidious Chapter 2, mm-hmm. Oculus was the movie that I wanted to see in terms of kind of these Jason, Jason Bloom production movies with these kind of minimal budgets and, uh, strong kind of haunted, I guess haunted house. It's more haunted yeah. here, but it's yeah. just, it's just solid, really solid movie. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with all that. I wasn't a fan of The Conjuring. Um, that kind of felt like tropes and stuff we've all seen before. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, it's so refreshing. I loved it. It was so great. I was like, I wasn't scared once. And I'm normally a big scaredy cat. And then Insidious 2 was just laughable. Laughable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how it got any good reviews at you all. You mean you didn't like cross-dressing children? <laughs> no. <laughs> so much i did like the first insidious a lot like yes yeah crap out of me that's why i was so disappointed by insidious too (laughs) yeah people were laughing in my screening they were laughing (laughs) a lot in my screening and i'm going was this just a temporary cut that we saw like i don't know i even went so far as to claim that like i don't really think james wan directed the second one that's my theory on it because it didn't really feel like his kind of film but that's just my theory. Mm. Couldn't get him to admit to it on the press day. But, <laughs> but anyway, Oculus. my conspiracy theory. Yeah. Oculus is good. Solid. Yeah. And like Oculus, I wouldn't even call it. It's not, I mean, it's a horror movie and there are moments that are scary, I guess, but I wouldn't, I don't praise it because of its scariness. Cause I don't think it's all that scary. I just think it's really creative. I think mm-hmm. it's really well edited. It's telling kind of two parallel stories. One takes place in the past. One takes place in the present. And it's uh, it's 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 a very strong character drama that happens mm-hmm. to be fitting and fit in this uh, kind of supernatural horror field. And I just I was really into it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Same here. It's it's like a psychological thriller more than yeah, like a horror because it's not like gory and it's not like, you know, the torture porn type films um, we've seen before. But it's good. I agree with that. All right. So that's enough. Cookies. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get the movie trailer talk. Each week we discuss some of the newest trailers and what we thought of them when they're coming out and whatnot. And we got two here. The first is The Purge Anarchy. This is a follow-up to The Purge from last year, which became a surprise hit. Oh, another Jason Bloom production, actually. Um, this one's it's the same director, writer, James DeMonico. And this time around, we've traded in Lena Headey and Ethan Hawke for Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo, who I've enjoyed a lot in movies like Warrior and recently Captain America, The Winter Soldier. He's here now, I assume, helping out a couple that have kind of broken down in the streets during the purge. The purge is, of course, when crime is just, it's not, it's legal for, like, a night. <laughs> and people can do anything. And this one seems to be expanding more of that world. So with that said, uh, let's go to Courtney. Courtney, what did you think of the Purge Anarchy trailer? Um, the reason why I'm excited for it is because of Frank Grillo. I think he's a great actor. I think he's a really, really nice guy. Um, I don't. I think he chooses roles really wisely. I also really liked him in The Gray. You yes, seen The Gray. Yes. He's like really great in that. Abe and I are top, huge fans yeah. of The Gray. Yeah. Oh, top, so top good. Ten films uh, in 2011, I believe, or Yeah, yeah. It was my number seven of that year. I loved that movie. I showed it to my dad, and he was like, "You like crazy movies? <laughs> <laughs> crazy <laughs> good movies, Dad? Crazy good movies." Um. But I'm excited to see it just 
just for him because I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one. I thought it was really dumb, the first one. Really great concept, but really not executed well. Um, so I'm not sure how the second one's going to be. I like that they're taking it to the streets, but then taking out of such an insular, insular thing may make it worse. I don't know. Those are my fears. Jose? Well, now I just want this to be called The Purge 2, taking it to the streets. (laughs) (laughs) The Purge to the streets. (laughs) If they don't use that taking it to the streets song in the movie, miss opportunity. Seriously. Um, No, but um, I actually did not watch the the first Purge, and so uh, I don't know if I'll go watch this one, but I I can say that the trailer at least has me interested, and some of that has to do with uh, Frank Grillo. Um, But... I think what, what was funny about the first uh, the first movie was that you had this kind of you know interesting concept about this whole world that goes crazy right on this one night and then you just shrink it down to this one house which I thought was kind of like what's the point right um, so it's it's good to see them kind of expand and blow it out um, <clears throat> the trailer itself looked looked fine it looks like a, a, a thriller um, looks enjoyable I like Frank Grillo. Um, I was surprised to see, uh, I don't even know the actor's name, but uh, Saracen from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm Seven? just like, man, nothing good ever happens to this kid. Well, he, was in, <laughs> he was in Devil's Due in January he also. He was also in The Last Stand. Yeah. yeah, like this guy has the worst luck. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, like besides, this... I'll probably go watch it and just pretend that it's Matt Saracen, and then that'll be <laughs> maybe funny. I don't know. Um, no, it looks interesting. Hey. Frank Grillo, really, really trying to get a Punisher movie made, huh? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he looks like he's dense in it, and dark, dense, and whatever else. And I think that this really adds more context to uh, the Purge 2 anarchy than the first teaser trailer. Um, I The only things I, I kind of picked up on it, which was the last, maybe like 30 seconds, which was when the rich people are there. It's like, this is the last Purge of the evening. And I remember it's something that you, Aaron, and I think friend of the Scotia Mendelssohn was speaking about in terms of trying to go off of more of a, of a social commentary of how different classes react to the purge. And I didn't see the first one. I think that off your, your of your recommendations, I, I skipped it. Um, but if it goes more into, you know, how other people from different classes of and walks of life deal with the purge, that'd be kind of interesting. Uh, otherwise, it kind of just seems like a, uh, a movie in which Frank Grillo is going to be the man. Uh, I am excited for the movie, which is surprising to me just because I really hated the first Purge. Um, I Basically what Jose said, <laughs> having not seen it, um, he explained exactly what I thought having seen it. Um, it has a fa- fascinating idea for a premise of this world where where crime is legal for a time and it has that's good fodder for you know social commentary and things like that, along with just being a darkly entertaining film. This one seems to be exploring that world that I wanted to see the first time around, and I'd like to think that be, that because of the first one being a hit, they had you know a larger budget to work with, so they can actually make that happen this time around. But that said, that's what it looks like I'm seeing, so I'm excited. Um, yeah, I know uh, Michael Michael K. Williams is in this too, which is always a always a plus, and uh, yeah, Frank Grillo, Matt Harrison being here—that's intriguing enough, I guess. And yeah, that's I'm. I'm genuinely quite excited for The Purge Anarchy, which is something I would not have thought the Monday after the debut of The Purge when they said they'll get a sequel for it. So, <laughs> makes me happy. 
and Purge Anarchy opens July 18th, the perfect release date for a Dark Knight movie. So we'll see how that works out for the, for the Purge Anarchy. Um, next up, we have uh, Expendables 3. Sorry, The Expendables 3. Don't wanna, don't wanna say that wrong. Let me see if I can do a, a find a cast roll call here for The Expendables 3. We have Stallone, Statham, Lee, Benderis, Snipes, Lundgren, Gibson, Ford, Schwarzenegger, Lutz, Cruz, Rousey, Grammer, Burn. Um, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of people. The Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, this is of course the third film in the surprisingly still alive Expendables franchise. I imagine it involves the Expendables going on some sort of mission where they're forced to kill 1,700 people before getting, like, the one piece of information they needed to stop the world from, like, being slightly shit or something. Yeah. That said, Jose, are you a fan of the Six Rainbow series, and are you looking forward to this third one? I, I guess I am. Like, the weird <laughs> thing is I've gotten seen both of them, I think, like, opening weekend. But I don't know. I, I always forget about them, I think, like, as soon as I'm done watching them. There you go. <laughs> um, but, but, I mean... The thing is, I, I love most of these guys. Like, I enjoy them individually, and I, I keep being confused as to why these aren't as fun as they should be. And I think it's just because it's it's so serious all the time. And I think that's the main problem with them. I wish they could just have a little, a little bit more, like, they make it a little sillier, I guess. I don't know. Um, this wasn't much of a trailer as much as it was, like you said, a roll call. Um, but I'll, I'll probably go see it. I just, I mean... It's cool to see some some other new names pop up, you know, like with Lutz. the snipes. Oh yeah, Lutz. <laughs> everyone's favorite action star, um, Hercules himself. <laughs> hey, it's Hercules. Yeah, no, they they would have. I would have bought like three tickets if they got you know uh, Dwayne, Mister Mister Johnson in here. But now I'll, I'll probably still end up seeing it, I guess. Courtney, um, I liked the second one a lot. I th- I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I laughed. I didn't think they. I don't, I think maybe he tried to play it really serious, and I laughed anyways because come on, come on. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to the third one. It's interesting that their font is very much like a Fast and the Furious. Yes. Yeah. In the trailer, and I think it's supposed to make you feel that way, even though, like. I don't know. I kind of felt like I was on board already with that team with the second one. I don't know that people, if they aren't already on board with that team, would be even more on, t- on board just because of the font. I don't know how marketing works that way. but They wisely chose the current best, like, pure action franchise to help market their yeah. movies. So. Yeah, and there's, you know, I don't know. It looks like there's some over-the-top stunts, too, uh, which is also fun and all you really want to see, but there's just so many people in this movie. I don't know how they'll balance it all out, but we'll see. Abe? I'm not sure how they're going to balance it out either. I mostly agree with Jose. Uh, I think that they are fun films. I forget them, but they could be more fun as well. Uh, I'll tell you what's going to happen. So Stallone and them are going to break out Wesley Snipes because he was a once one of their guys, and then all of a sudden they're going to be stuck in Cambodia and they're going to have to go and stop some guy who's going to try to launch a missile at North Korea before North Korea launches a missile at everyone else. Basically, they're doing the same thing over again with a lot of black and a lot of Terry Crews making ridiculous jokes. I want to see this move for Terry Crews. That's who I'm supporting. Arnold looks pretty cool in the trailer, by the way. He's got like his beard going and sunglasses on. He's kind of going with uh, his uh, kindergarten cop in the first two minutes of the movie, Kindergarten Cop, before he shaves. <laughs> so, you know. Good pull. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, people forget that that is a dark cop drama before it becomes this lighthearted kids movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he kills he kills like two people in a club in the beginning. Or <laughs> but um, no, I, I'm kind of curious to see what they can do with it. Um, but I'm also curious to see additional cameos if there are any. Yeah, it's funny. This movie like seems to automatically get like a like a screw it whatever I'll see it movie pass for me, which like I don't apply to many, but like yeah, it has this ridiculous cast, and I'm gonna gonna just go and watch it because like why not see where this goes? But yeah, I agree with the the same thoughts here, where I don't think the first two are all that good, uh, which is a shame because of this like all these kind. He has this kind of like. If you if this was if this was the '80s or even the mid '90s, you'd be like, man, what if all these guys got together and made a movie? And that's finally happened. Yet, you know, they haven't been very good, which is a shame. I really hope that Mel Gibson doesn't stop this movie dead in its tracks, like he stopped Machete Kills, um, especially because I'm so against Mel Gibson these days. But <laughs> hopefully, his part is minimal enough. Happy Passover. Um, I, <laughs> I, I really do hope that John Claude Van Damme has a twin, and he's also the villain in this movie because yes! he, he was easily he was easily the best part of Expendables too. I hope Jet Li is in the movie this time. Yeah, it doesn't like ditch out like four minutes in. <laughs> Come on. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I, I yeah, if this is entertaining enough, we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, Expendables 3 opens August 15th this summer. So yeah, there you go on that one. Let's move on now. Let's get into our main movie review for The Raid 2, Barrendal. How are we, we going to put a trailer in here, Aaron? I, I can I can pick, shut up, Abe. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll, show, I'll show you how to put a trailer in here. You're going to need like, bullet noises and like flesh smacking into other flesh and maybe some screaming. <laughs> Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for The Raid 2, Barrendal, which picks up mere hours after the first the events of the first Raid, Redemption. Rama is still sweating from everything he just went through when he's given a new assignment, which requires him to go undercover for the sake of both protecting his family and revealing more of the corrupt cops for who they are. This means he'll have to go to prison, obviously, in an effort to make new connections before being released and acting as a little thug. Barrendal means thug, by the way. While working his way into a brewing war between crime lords... Lots of punches, kicks, stabbings, shootings, hammerings, and more ensue. Jose, what did you think of the raid two, Barrendal? I loved it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, this uh, this movie came out a limited release, so I think I think you saw it a, a while ago, Aaron, and uh, it took its time making it to my neck of the woods. Um, and in that time, you know, I heard a lot of different things about, you know, maybe the plot was too much, and there should have just it maybe was a little too long. Um, but I just loved everything in here, like. There's, I was on board with the dramatic stuff, and it might not be the best. It might be a story that we've seen already, but um, just the the insane action is so much fun. And I, I remember thinking, how how are they going to top you know everything that they did in the raid? And apparently the answer is really easily. They're just <laughs> <laughs> they, they just have an answer for everything. Um, Gareth Evans is like. Him and uh, the star Eco, I, I can never pronounce his last name. Uwez. Uwez, yeah. And uh, the other choreographer, um, Yayan, I can't pronounce his last name either. It's like, That's a tougher one. Um, you're on your own. 
Yeah, um, he, he, he was Mad Dog in the first movie, and you know they choreographed the fights, and they, I don't know how they come up with this stuff because it's we're seeing things that you know you've never seen before, and part of it's that they're bringing in this this new martial arts style that that was a, that's new to the world, you know. Um, but I, I just I had so much fun with this. Um, I saw it in a there was only maybe like 15 people because I went to an early afternoon uh, screening. But even then, it's just like the people that are going to watch this, it was a good crowd. Everybody was like ooing and owing and like bones are breaking and everybody's like, ah. Um, and it's just, it's a good time at the movies. The action is crazy. Um, the drama is, it's fine. It's, um, the guys sell it. And maybe part of it's that, you know, it's in a, in a different language. And so maybe I just am not understanding that they're not selling their lines very well or something. Um, but I had a lot of fun. It's, it's exactly what you want out of a movie like this. Courtney? Yeah, I liked it, uh, too. I like it slightly less than, than the original. The original is just, like, my favorite. I think it's one of the best action movies of the decade. Um, but this one I like just a little bit less, just because it was so long, and I felt weary by the end, where it was like, oh, gosh, like... Because there's a lot of segments in there where Rama's not even... The main character isn't even in them, and so I get what uh, the director was trying to do with those scenes, um, going back to like the theme of the movie, um, and I and they're cool and they look great, but they don't really have added impact to the narrative. So if they had cut that out and made it a little tighter, it might have worked. I wouldn't have felt so weary, but I did like it a lot. I think that Gareth's um, visual bandwidth, if you will, has expanded and grown. Um, I think he's got some beautiful shots in this. I love how the colors are so saturated, um, especially in that hall where um, Beho uh, is the guy with the sunglasses and yeah. Kane. Um, I love the look of the film. Um, I think that car chase is hands down one of the best I've ever seen. Um, and it's funny because I saw this and then two days later I saw Captain America and they have a big car chase vehicular mayhem scene in the middle. And I'm like, meh, that's just so good. <laughs> the Raid 2s is like spectacular. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in this that I really like, but for me it was like a four out of five. Abe? I definitely enjoyed this film quite a bit. I'm, I'm a little bit more on Jose's side. Um, I do see some of the faults of it, like, uh, like Courtney there. Uh, but I, I essentially, I love this film primarily because of the way that Gareth Evans was able to take an action movie and kind of give some some actual meaning and context to some of the characters. And that's something you don't really see because sometimes people just go for the action and pure action. And then sometimes people go for the, the espionage spy stuff and then they kind of mix in like one or two scenes of action. This is a movie that is not as, um, as I guess, uh, taxing mentally as the first raid because the first raid, they get into the building and for the entire movie, they're just fighting Whereas this one, you get some time to, to breathe and you kind of get some sense of what's going on and how they're doing it. Uh, I essentially like the way that they set up the, the premise of the film, which is just in the first five minutes, and they're kind of they're doing a bunch of cut scenes, and uh, I thought that was handled pretty well. And then you move into just Rama just <laughs> destroying people, and uh, what's crazy cool about this is people respect the... Uh, it's kind of cool how the gangsters respect each other, the, the Japanese gangsters and the Indonesian gangsters. And then I also liked how people respected knife fights 
versus other knife fights. Whereas, you know, it's easy to say, hey, why, don't he just, why doesn't he just get a gun and shoot this person? It's like, no, I, I think it's cooler with a bunch of knife fights. And That's, a, that's a question I asked, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but they're, they're right to think, you know, like, they're right to, to just make a bunch of knife fights. Like, there's a the subway battle, and I think that subway battle is like, yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that she could be taken out, like, ligety split. But, no, we, we have to entice the audience there. Um one of the cool things about it is also comeuppance, and that's something that I really, really enjoyed, is when uh, one of the characters just, uh, he's trying to do things on his own, kind of goes rogue, and and some the mob boss is just, like, beating the crap out of him, and I was like, yes, and then uh, other things happen. But for the most part, I loved it because of the action sequences, the way that they're shot, like what Courtney was saying. Um, I love the, the storyline that goes through it. Sure, it kind of gets lost and muddled, but then they kind of get to another action sequence, and you're just like, whatever. Um and for the most part, I actually was uh, not – I wasn't crazy about the time when I was going into the movie. I saw the, the, the scale and I said like 238 minutes. But around like the third third of the way into the movie, I was just really hoping – I hope this doesn't end right now because uh, I really want to see more action. And they really give it to you because those last three battle sequences, amazing. Yeah, it helps that the last forty minutes of the movie are like all action. Yeah, um, so you really <laughs> kind of it almost makes you forget that. Oh yeah, there was like a really long crime plot going on for the majority of this movie. <laughs> uh, that said, I, I'm I'm with Courtney Hunt for the most part on this. I I think what it comes down to is that the first raid for me was iconic in what it was doing, and it fits as something that I I guess haven't seen before. I mean, there's certainly kinds of action in the raid that I've seen. That's similar, but yeah, that's a movie that really kind of encompasses one real thing that I just haven't seen before. Maybe just so excited and pumped and scared because of the way that movie works with tension and mixed with the crazy action going on that it just fits this whole other realm of like, I want this, I want this always. And so you have a follow, you have a follow up where it's like, well, how are they going to give me that again? And I can't say that it's impossible to do something like that because because the Dark Knight exists, and I loved Batman Begins, and they somehow made it better. So, I'm like, well, it's not it's not impossible for something like that to happen with the Raid and the Raid 2, but with that said, I, I can't say that it quite reached the same lengths that the Raid did for me, but at the same time, I still loved what I was seeing for the most part. I do think that there's too much story here for a movie that has a story that's very familiar, that I've seen done a lot, um, which I'll get to in my callbacks, but, with, but it works for what it's doing because the acting's fine for the most part and the characters are drawn out enough but that leads to just a variety of different action sequences which were all pretty amazing uh, to watch i do think gareth evans is just his his evolution as a director in between both movies like it's it helps that the budget's like higher but it's not higher by that much and it just it still feels like a kind of do-it-yourself aesthetic to making just crazy unique action sequences based on how the camera flows and how he incorporates different kinds of martial arts styles with weapons and some some minor gunplay and it really works best when i think of it as kind of a kind of a comic book movie like it mm-hmm. it, it makes it, it it makes it easier to accept the fact that no one seems to carry guns even though that would solve a lot of problems <laughs> a lot quickly <laughs> or having like these crazy just characters that carry only hammers or only a baseball bat as their weapon of choice it just makes it feel it gives it a more a graphic novel style if, if you think of it in that kind of manner as opposed to like a serious mob movie because i just can't take it that way the the the, the violence is too is just way too over the top the even though it's yeah it's grounded in a certain kind of reality it's just 
this wouldn't happen in real life. But with that said, it looks amazing. So it's hard to like fault it for that because it looks great. The car chase, I agree, is phenomenal. And it's just the right length, too, right? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not a long car chase, but it's just so like intense and filled with different things that are going on within it in terms of people fighting within cars, on the sides of cars, and <laughs> with the cars themselves. <laughs> like, there's so much greatness in that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's an early fight, too. Like, the end is great. The end is amazing. But there's an early fight, too, in a prison yard that's, like, operatic in the way it works. It's just, like, oh, yeah. the, the use of, like, music and the camera shots and the way it's incorporating this, like, mud into, like, the mix. It's just phenomenal. It's just, like, how do you do, like, how do you choreograph something like that? It's, like, everyone's everywhere. And it's, and the camera, the camera flows a lot in this movie. Like, it's a lot more... There's a lot of fluid takes that probably have some digital editing going on, but at the same time, it looks like there's a lot more like one shotters going on than like, quick cuts to make it to make the action more intense. Which the raid didn't have a problem with; it just it utilized that slightly differently than this movie that has a much kind of more expanded scope this time around. So yeah, yeah I, I still I, I enjoy the movie quite a bit. You mentioned the camera, and I, I think that's a good thing to highlight because he gets some crazy shots in here, and there's some really interesting ones. The I, I actually saw this GIF of um, there's a shot during the car sequence yeah, yeah. where uh, the camera goes from outside the car mm-hmm. to through a window, kind mm-hmm. of pauses on the guy for a second, then goes back out the other window. Yes. And there's a there's a behind the scenes thing of this this guy just leaning on the side of a car, handing the camera off to another guy who's posing as a car seat, who then pushes it out the window to a guy who's strapped to the side of a car on the outside, laying down. And so these guys are doing these insane things to get these awesome-looking camera shots. And it's just, like, the, the, the do-it-yourself aesthetic, I think, that you mentioned, uh, Aaron, gives it, like, a really gritty feel. And it's just the, the impact of all the action, I think, is just, just really good. This is, like, the best video game movie. Yeah. That right. hasn't been... <laughs> that I mean, it's actually based on a video game, right? Like, the last 40 minutes are, like, the final level. It, like there's literally like a scene. I was I was with my I was our friend of the show Scott Mendelson. Actually, Courtney was at the screening too mm-hmm. that we all saw it. At. Um, but there there's a part where like Rama like beats up a, a room full of guys. Then he walks up some stairs and I just look over and it's like level two and he goes <laughs> up. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you mentioned like operatic and uh, you know there's it's not really the way the choreography is done is very. I don't know. They must have practiced for quite a bit to yeah. get it all down because. Uh, it looks as though it's all just uh, not a single continuous take, but it doesn't look like they've messed up that much. And I, I really appreciate it because, especially during the best, the last battle scene. But uh, the way that Gareth Evans uses music too is uh, there was like the one scene with uh, one of the enforcers from the family, and he kind of has to fight through this uh, this horde of like twenty guys, and he finally gets out to the, the outside. And there's this really nice camera shot between the two final guys, and then they start playing. I forget the piece of music that they play, but it's a uh, it's quite melancholy, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a cool way to do things. And uh, as fresh and cool as the raid was, I think the raid two kind of just makes it a little bit cooler in terms of a, a sophomore effort uh, on this particular thing. I think in terms of like production values, I definitely agree. Like it, it, it helps that it's obviously not limited to one location, and again, there is a bigger budget to work with, so it looks it it, it tries to have this kind of crime drama aesthetic that happens to be a martial arts film as opposed to being just a pure all-out kind of siege movie which is what the first one was and i mean they both work for that reason i still yeah it's just more of you see something first and sometimes that just sticks with you a lot 
stronger than like a follow-up would. That doesn't apply always, but for me it did for this particular example. But um, something that continues to work for me really well is even in this one where you don't have a specific look, you don't have like set or one set location. You have multiple locations. The geography of every scene is so well laid out. I never am confused during these fight sequences, which includes a scene where everyone's covered in mud and there's people everywhere. Yet I know exactly which par- characters I'm trying to look for, which ones I'm watching, which ones are doing what and where they are in relation to other people. It's very impressive to pull something like that off. Yeah. A question I had for everybody here is just, um, you don't really see this a lot of in American cinema in terms of uh, an action movie just being tons of action. You see it a lot of like Asian cinema and Hong Kong films and whatever else. Do you think that the American audiences just don't really want to watch this kind of thing or they just haven't been exposed to it enough to, to want more? What is that in relation to? In relation to, like, you, you hear of action movies made in America and it's just, they still have a lot of plot devices going on and whatever else, whereas the raid in the raid two for the most part just get in there and fight for the entire duration of the movie i I think it comes down to exposure because i mean it's it's not like this isn't a movie that has billboards everywhere and commercials every 30 seconds like you've seen maybe one commercial for it and you barely i mean it only expanded this weekend to to hundreds of theaters for everyone to see i i think if given the chance and it's also a two and a half hour crime epic that's in subtitles so i mean the the there's a as 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 much as much as it pains some people to you know say, it does limit the audience for a movie like this. Uh, yeah, people do not want to read subtitles. It'll be interesting to see how because are they still making the raid remade for in in the English language? I think it's, it's been announced, and I think oh, there's, they a, are. there's a director. I mean, so. yeah, um, by and wasn't it being? I could be totally wrong, so you can't quote me on this, anybody, but. Um, I think it was being rewritten by the guy, one of the guys who wrote Expendables 2 or something like that. I, that sounds familiar. There's yeah. some kind of uh, connection to that. But I think it'll be interesting to see how the American remake will be um, in terms of that. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know. You never know if they're going to be able to recapture that lightning in a bottle, what makes the first raid so great or even the second one. Um, but I just think people, some, some people just don't understand that in terms of action. Sometimes they just want, sometimes they just want shaky cam and sometimes they just want a straightforward, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Captain America was probably mind blowing for them. But, you know, for us who saw these or we're like, meh. I you think know. part of it is, uh, the way that the R rating has gone too is that a lot of the action movies now are PG-13, and it's just like a hail of bullets hitting a bunch of guys that don't bleed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think, uh, you know, the, the these movies are hard art because there's just, like, blood everywhere. And the funny thing is, like, dropping... There's not a lot of gun... Well, there's there was a, a lot more gunplay in the first one, I feel like. Yes, that's the... Um, yeah. And, uh, but even without the guns, there's so much bloodshed in these. Um, I just don't know, like, how would you make this for, like, if you wanted to... You know, uh, kind of like how Apes said, get across to a mass audience. Like, you take all the blood out, and I guess there's, there would still be a lot of guys fighting, but then it would just be, I don't know, a little more generic? Well, I mean, you look at, like, District B-13 as an R-rated movie, um, and then you have now you have Brick Mansions coming good, out. Yeah, that's that's good point. B-13, and, I, you know, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't tell, but, I mean... District B thirteen works for me because it's so it's it's like eighty minutes. It's not very long, but it's very fast paced and action heavy, and heavy on the parkour stuff. I mean, it all 
it works really well for me. I'm very curious if if, if, if Brooke Mansion is going to be like a you know hour fifty minute uh, crime <laughs> drama that happens to have some parkour in it and it like softens the blow of some of the violence of that movie. Like if that works or not. But it, yeah, I mean that is a that is a part of it, but that's part of why I'm disappointed in these Expendables movies, which seem to just be all blood and violence, but aren't you know fun. Like there is a that's lot true. of action in those movies, but they're not that much fun to watch for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Or at least think, not memorable. There might be fun in the moment just because, look at this joke we're all in on. But at the same time, it's like Monday morning, you're not thinking, man, that was a movie that I loved. Like, that's not something that I said. <laughs> I think sometimes, like, foreign movies can do that better. They can really, like, get your blood pumping and your heart racing better. And it's more of a crowd experience. And I don't know that they're are a lot of, like, current American filmmakers. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm just, you know, shooting off the top of my head, but there's not a lot that, like, when you go and see a movie, you're, like, punching the person next to you, like, did you see that? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the feeling I got from both of these raids um, versus, like, any other action film that I've ever seen. It, I think it comes to, we don't have, like, because we're, we're in such, we're in a superhero mode, we're in a comic book uh-huh. movie mode, where we don't have those movies that are reliant on gunplay and people punching each other in the same way that a lot of the 80s or mid-90s, like, something like Con yeah. Air or The Rock or, like, yeah. early early 90s Jerry Bruckheimer productions, really. I mean, yeah. you don't have that so much anymore, and when you do, it's mainly kind of Michael Bay movies, which, for what they are, they provide what they are, and some people probably do react that way, or you have the movies that focus on the shaky cam kind of action style, and it doesn't it doesn't quite elicit the same visceral feeling that you get from something like The Raid. I'd say the Bourne movies get close, but those, but those movies aren't... They're not cool, I guess is the way to say it. Like they're, well, That's all shaky cam. I mean, yeah, but even like the, the imitators definitely don't help. Like, yeah, uh, oh, what's God. it called? Oh. What, what was it called? The, uh, the Denzel one, Safe House. Oh, right. Uh, but you watch the Bore movie, I don't think you go... There's Obviously, there's fun to have, maybe, and there's excitement to be found in car chases and things like that in those movies, but I wouldn't say those movies rely on style and coolness yes. to make them play, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it comes back to some of the... I mean, like, the level of inventiveness, I, I think, on display yeah. in, in both of these movies, too. And uh, that's... Uh, I really enjoy, like, the... I mean, Taken is, is a fun movie, and I enjoy a lot of the beginning of it before he gets into, like, kind of the bigger shootouts, like when he... There's the guy that he like beat it, beats up to get when he's trying to get a cab, mm-hmm. and some other right. stuff. And that's because yeah. there's some like legitimately, uh, like inventive or surprising things. Like or like I think he just like he like karate chops a guy in the throat at one point, and I I will never forget that because I was just so surprised. And I think it's just the the part of it is that maybe we we were oversaturated with like martial arts movies in the what like the late '80s and the in the early 90s and it lost its uh its appeal as like something that was new and different and i think that's why part of it is that this new fighting style this uh what they call a slot right yeah is uh it's just something we haven't seen and so it makes it it's it's a discovery you know well taken and along with like transporter like those are international movies they're not american movies they might have they have american studios yeah they're eurocorp they're luke Besson's production company and by the way uh the first taken directed by pierre morel who did district b13 um (laughs) they um can you tell that i love district b13 abe because i I mention it all the time (laughs) you you recommend to me all the time it's on netflix streaming I, i still haven't seen it but those movies, I mean, those are international movies. They're also not they're not American either. They yeah. they do have that inventiveness inventiveness to them 
to an extent, for the most part. I, I haven't seen a car in Transporter 2 uh, lift a bomb off by doing a corkscrew next to a crane before. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, you wanted to save the Audi, all right? <laughs> no. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yes, the, the, the answer is yes. I'd love for more people to see The Raid 2. I'd love for more people to embrace this kind of cinema yeah. if what they want is action and competently made action, no less, and, you know, something that has stuff to go with it, like a decent story and some strong acting and what have you. I think the, uh, what's the, what's the son's name? The, uh, the actor the, in Raid 2 that he has to team up with or kind of work with the, the jerk son. Uko? Uh, Uko, yeah. I think he's a really good actor. I think, yeah. I thought he was yeah. very strong in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the strongest because I think as much as I like Eko is kind of working his way through people. I I wouldn't say he has a ton of screen presence. He has more than say Tony Jaa, who I think has no screen presence despite being a great yeah, fighter. But I wouldn't say he's beyond like oh now I'm gonna emote about my wife and kids that I can't see. Like I don't think he's necessarily bringing it in the dramatic territory. He's doing fine. But Uko, I thought he, he, that actor was tremendous in this movie. Yeah, um, and yeah. Especially, I especially liked him and his father. Uh, yeah, that was a great yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Because the father, I mean, the father brings up a lot of things that you've heard of in a lot of the the old movie tropes, like, like in, even in the Godfather, it's like I did all this so that you can you become a senator, Michael, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's uh, very much the same here. It's like I did, I built enough of an empire for you to take over, so that no more bloodshed has to come, and now we don't have to do fear. We have just respect, and it's just like, well, I'm waiting in the wings, and I really want to get it on. I don't want to be a tax collector anymore, and you know, shit is gonna hit the fan. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, I think Gareth did a good job expanding on themes like father-son relationships, and everything comes back to that. Since Rom is a new father, and he's you know struggling with even just trying to physically be there for his uh, for his kid, uh, and then now we have the father-son dynamic with the uh, the crime syndicate, and then we've got that also with um, the mad the guy who Procoso, but was Mad Dog in the first one. Yeah. Um, with his son too, how he's been doing all these bad things, but he's doing it for the benefit of his son. Um, so we have that too. So I like how he built in all of those, um, the themes into this film. I thought that was well done. And you know, obviously, it's something that you know the Godfather has done so well. Um, but anyways yeah certainly not for lack of trying like as much as i might try the story in this film i like it's 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 just it's it feels fine to me it's like yeah. i i get that yeah you tried like i i and i like that you differentiated from the first rate it's not just right. rama's locked up again and this time it's a 30 story building. <laughs> yeah. like it's something right. like, which is which is an easy thing for people to go to totally. like, oh, yeah. we had so much success and this is what we're gonna do it's like no let's take it a different direction here Mm-hmm. And they did. And, um, I mean, it works for me just because, I mean, I do think it, it's, it, there's not a lot that's making me, like, dislike this movie much more than The Raid. I just merely don't think it's quite as good as The Raid. Because right. the, but the action is, like, it does increase so many things about the first year that made that so much fun that I certainly recommend this movie wholeheartedly. And it's there's plenty of stuff I haven't seen before. Yeah in this movie and the first raid, which is a great way to recommend an action movie. You haven't seen this before. That's a great way to say it. That is, yeah, that is yeah. a great way to say it. I'm, I'm coming on to a fourth Transformer movie with, like, no real enthusiasm. and like, <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I certainly, I, I was certainly thrilled watching it and was thrilled seeing it a second time, too. So. Do you guys have a, uh, a favorite line from the film? I know that's all, inter- tra- or it's all uh, uh, subtitled, but 
my favorite lines is uh, the Japanese uh, warlord. He's like, we go to war! And I was like, yes! <laughs> oh, no, it was easily... Um... It was easily um, the the one where he's like, the, the worst thing that happened is that an old man saw your dick. Like that's the, like, <laughs> makes me laugh quite a bit. I didn't have a favorite line, but I do love Hammer Girl. I would like to be Hammer Girl for Halloween. So, Boom. I'm gonna I'm gonna expect so cool. to have a photo of that. <laughs> I want like a spinoff for like Hammer Girl and Baseball Bat Guy, which I think is like their official character names. Yeah, it's, it's a children's <laughs> show. It is. Yeah, <laughs> Hammer Girl and Baseball Bat Guy. And then. Uh, I want the I want the Procoso movie like that that was that was like one of the most interesting parts of the movie because you see him be like so like scary and you know when he like kills like fifty people to get his way to to make his way to like that one guy and then the next scene he's like the meekest little like hitman you've ever seen and he's just like can't stand up to his wife or you know he just wants mm-hmm. to see his son it's like super interesting mm-hmm. yeah I, I want to see his the rest of the story yeah. The line from the trailer that gave me the most, like, what? Like, is when, like, he's Rama's being explained to, like, what's going to happen when he goes undercover. And he's like, you'll be retrained, given the skills to do what we need. And I'm like, retrained? What else does he need to learn? That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, is he going to learn a new, like, dark art? They were going to teach him to sing karaoke. But it did not take. It did not take. Okay. All right. So each week and out now there we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale from IMAX to theater, Dollar Theater, Netflix, HBO TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Jose, where would you put the raid to, Barandal? IMAX. Courtney? Um, I would say IMAX, but you know this can't be IMAX. So yeah. theater, theater now, <laughs> while it counts, so that we can get more movies like this out there. Yes. Abe? IMAX. I'd say IMAX too. I'm strong IMAX ratings. <laughs> Boom. Lots Unanimous across the board. <laughs> Go out and see it now. Just drop Convert it to 3D. Get the glasses. Get the Raid 2 glasses. <laughs> They're just red. They're all the Raid. <laughs> They're all the Raid. Um, <laughs> Alrighty. Let's do a little movie callback now. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we mention a few movies that we might have thought of during or after uh, we watched the movie of the week, which is, of course, The Raid 2. So with that said, let's start with Courtney. Courtney, any uh, other films you thought of? Yeah, many. Um, Infernal Affairs. Yep. And then Martin Scorsese's remake, The Departed. Yep. Uh, Casino, especially in the first scene where we see Bejo in the cornfields. I mean, that's straight out the Joe Pesci thing, unfashionably. Yeah. Um, and... I think uh, the character of Beho was taken from something he was saying at the press day, too. But often other people can talk while I research which film that was. It was an older film. Jose? Um, she kind of got most of mine, uh, the first raid, obviously. Um, and then it's not it's not a movie, but uh, earlier this year I played uh, Sleeping Dogs. Oh, yeah. And oh. it's like <laughs> it's kind of a it's literally like almost the same story. Like you're an undercover cop and you go in to infiltrate like the mafia and yeah they have to do bad things and think about that so yeah. but yeah mm. Abe? infernal affairs hard-boiled uh the departed donnie brasco you've named all four of mine <laughs> only, only, only god forgives <laughs> yeah it's funny because yeah infernal affairs came up but that movie's so much better written which is why i thought of hard-boiled which also suffers from being way too long despite having a very similar story <laughs> but it, uh, it you was uh... doves in this one yeah, um, sorry, I stepped on your joke there. Um, <laughs> Bejo is based off of uh, Branded to Kill. Oh, no. oh. With the sunglasses and the chubby cheeks, and that's what Gareth is. I, yeah, his character was kind of, is an interesting character. 
Great and it's, it kind of seemed too like Hammer Girl and Baseball Batman. His their character names, Baseball Batman, um, <laughs> were kind of coming from like a Quentin Tarantino type film. Yes. Or straight out of like a comic book. I could call Kill Bill. I think that fits in there as well. Just yeah. given the like, yeah. this is some wild. Right Kill looks amazing. Here's some wild side characters. Kill mm-hmm. Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then like you said, characters, people, actors coming back too. Ran out of kills on Criterion. Check that out. Movie looks pretty cool. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Let's get to our plug now. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. So shout out podcasts. There are over hundreds of thousands of titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. And for the listeners that go to audibletrial.com. So shout out podcast. You can get a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial. It gives you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get a book. Abe, do you have a book to recommend? I do. It's 1776 by David McCullough. Fitting. Incredible book about uh, the, the Revolutionary War and uh, George Washington and all those guys there. Very fitting for this movie, The Raid 2, because, you know, everyone's trying to build an empire, right? You know, you mentioned that, and that new show on AMC came out, Turn, with, uh, with Jamie <laughs> Bell. It's. Uh, I, I watched that first episode. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Welcome to the war. There you go. It's about spies. They're going undercover. So there you go. Yeah. Connected it. We just Cloud Atlas that. You did. <laughs> Everything is connected. You could download 1776 by David Buchholz, which is a which is a tremendous book, it or is. any other book you find there at audibletrial.com/podcast. Download it, listen to it, check out the service. If you don't like the service, then you can get rid of the service, but you get to keep the book that you downloaded for free. So it's like go. using Amazon Prime for the first year and then get rid of it. Getting rid of it. It's 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 almost like that. Audibletrial.com/podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get to our feedback. Feedback. Okay. This is out. Worst even week. That was yeah. That was the worst one yet. This is this is of course out in feedback where we read the various responses that we've had on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/outnetpodcast, where you've all answered many of the questions we asked, even provided provided us some questions. And uh, yeah, we're gonna do that right now. And Jose, Courtney, feel free to you know provide your own answers to these various questions that we had. Yeah. Mm. First question we had is favorite use of a baseball bat in film. Scott writes. Wendy in The Shining, though she choked up too much mm. and Jack really wanted the bat. <laughs> That's, Rebecca, That's a good one. <laughs> Rebecca writes, The Warriors come out and play. Uh, Danny writes, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yes. Good one. Tammy writes, A League of Their Own. Madonna chasing the annoying child Stillwell around the bus with a bat. That's a good I- one, too. I like it in Glorious Bash, it's like Eli Roth is way more threatening when he's not talking, and then he starts like shouting things. Like, <laughs> he's right, got this, his, guy's, like, this guy's a goofball. <laughs> yeah, just in his Boston accent. His New York accent. Yeah. New York, it seems pretty bad, I don't know. <laughs> we'll whenever, it's, whenever it says Mish von Hammerschmock, that like. <laughs> uh, Joe writes, uh, I was going to say The Natural, but Wonder Boy. Nice. Uh, Philip writes, uh, Roy Hobbs's bomb with the Savoy special. Pick me out a winner, Bobby. Um, yes, well, that's, they think, got they got mine with uh, <clears throat> Inglorious Bastards, I think. So. Yeah, I think they got them. Your listeners got them all. Favorite movie where the lead goes undercover in some way. April has Donnie Brasco and Miss Congeniality. <laughs> Mike Jones has Wayne's World 2, where they dress up as the village people. <laughs> Philip has that's funny. Philip has Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I don't remember it enough. Are there is there undercovering they, going they on? They do in some uh, polyjuice potion work. Oh. That doesn't help me at all. But okay, thanks. <laughs> they do some polyjuice potion work. Okay. 
Uh, see my commitment to the Harry Potter franchise. <laughs> Joe Jans has Austin Powers where he goes undercover as Richie Cunningham and his wife, Oprah. <laughs> Jason has Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I guess there's some undercovering going on there. Um, Shelly has The Departed. And Danny has Half-Baked. <laughs> Even linked us to, uh, with the clip to the scene that he's talking about. Nice. We have the uh, next question is, favorite, ooh, that had to hurt moment in a movie. Anna writes, Casino Royale, with the chair. Matt Tower writes, when Luke finds out Leia is his sister. <laughs> 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 Philip writes, if by favorite you mean horrific, the cop with the kitchen knife embedded in his eye in, in End of Watch. Yeah, no, was I that remember Frank, that. Was that Frank Grillo? No, no, it was um, another actor, tall guy. He's on the newsroom also. Um, uh, oh, interesting. We'll I, can't remember, I can't remember the actor's name, but yeah, I, I know what scene he's talking about. And yeah, that did not look fun. Yeah, surprisingly, the guy was still alive. Yeah. Uh, Jason writes, Robocop, when Murphy gets his hand shot off. Yes. That's, that's a, that's yeah, a... pretty much everything involving Murphy dying in Robocop is a good exactly. example. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh... He gets beat up a lot in Robocop. Everything in that movie looks like that. Even when, he's a, even when he's a robot, he still gets beat up. <laughs> the example I use to get people to like figure out what, what kind of question I'm asking is, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when the big guy gets knocked in by the plane. The propellers. Yeah, uh, is, that's not that's not fun at all. But uh, Jose, Courtney, any thoughts on that one? No. Um, from when I was a kid, yeah. I remember watching Mortal Kombat, and when uh, um, Goro gets punched in the you know sensitive <laughs> region, I just thought that was hilarious. And the elbows. <laughs> yes, the elbows. And the elbows. All four of them. Yeah. Um, thank you. Favorite two or more versus one fight scene. Uh, Matt has Old Boy, the hallway scene. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And every scene in The Protector. <laughs> Danny has Who Am I? Jack, I think that's Jackie Chan's Who Am I, the rooftop scene. Um, let's see. Linda was a little bit confused by this question, but she said the fight scenes in Raging Bull and Cinderella Man seem pretty authentic, never having been to a boxing match. And for the sheer joy and humor of watching two upper-class Brits duking it out, Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. But she was a little confused by the question, but I'll give, I like those answers, so there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Linda. Philip has Boromir versus the Uruk-hai in Fellowship of the Ring. That's Uruk-hai, if you didn't hear me pronounce it that way. Um, <laughs> Ryan has Matrix Reloaded, Mr. Anderson versus all of the Agent Smiths. Jason has Obi-Wan and Liam Neeson. <laughs> Obi-Wan and Liam Neeson, that's how he put it out. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn versus Darth Maul. That's a great answer. I agree with that one. There, and Patrick has, there are at least three awesome scenes from the Raid Redemption. Can't choose just one. Which is fitting. So. I agree. Then we, of course, had some questions that you guys gave us that we can answer now. Yeah, Jason asked us, what if the Expendables crew kidnapped Liam Neeson's daughter? World War Three. <laughs> Bad idea, yeah. <laughs> World War III. Um, Jim Dietz, friend of the show, asked us, is the success of Captain America 2 going to hurt or help Guardians of the Galaxy? It can only help it, I think really. It can only help it, yeah. Not only increasing like the track record of you know fun Marvel movies to go see, I mean, it also has the trailer attached to it. So people are like, huh, I should totally see that movie because it looks fun. But I, I don't see how it can hurt it. What a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> Jason writes, uh, who do you want to see as a villain in Captain America 3? Great question. Guys? Uh, I have some answers. Jose, do you have any answers for that one? What do I want to see Captain America 3? Was that the question? Villain. Who, yeah. who, what villain do you want to see in Captain America 3? Um... I know a few of his villains that I like to see. Fidel Castro. <laughs> 
two. I mean, two of them they set up in this one because I because Crossbones is yes, Frank Craig Frank Grillo plays the the character that will be that will become Crossbones, and that'd be a fun one. He's like he's like Captain America's um, Bane, essentially. Uh, <laughs> it's like the best way to describe him. And I, uh, I would I mean, love to see the skull come back, but I know that um, uh, Weaving has like he was not down with like the Marvel plan after yeah after. Ah. In, the first but one. He looks great in. in, in he does. Oh, yeah. makes well, he did. He did a good like job. <laughs> That's the yeah. tricky thing too. I mean, Captain America. You've kind of seen him fight his best villain so far. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, no. There's some other. I mean, um, what's his, I? I mean, we had Zola in this one, but he could come back in his other form. That makes a lot of sense for fans of the comics involving robot arms. Yeah. Um, there's a character called I think Nuke. That would be pretty cool to see. Not related to Duke Nukem. Not related to Duke Nukem. Gotcha. I doubt Modok could ever have it because he's like an X-Men villain also. But I want to see U.S. agents just so everyone will be confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there, this will just be us like comic geeking out for the next couple minutes. So we'll just, we'll just move past this one. Um, <laughs> Philip asks, what actor would you like to see featured prominently in a Marvel Cinemas movie? Hmm. What actor? Hmm. Byung Hun Lee. Oh. Oh, Byung Hun Lee? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we need the a cool Asian superhero. Let's Marvel would probably love that because they're doing that huge like, at least with Iron Man three. You guys remember when they were trying to have that outreach with China? Yeah, they had all oh, yeah. scenes shot for China. They had like special scenes just for like Iron Man three in China. Yeah. They would probably love to have an Asian, a big Asian actor. Let's see who else. While you guys are thinking, I just remembered uh, I Saw the Devil was another thing that it was mm-hmm. like a callback mm-hmm. from other things, and it has plenty of ouch, that must have hurt moments. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that movie made me a vegetarian for at least a month. <laughs> I was like, oh my, oh. <laughs> we haven't talked about this trailer yet. Attached to my Achilles tendon. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we haven't talked about the trailer for Lucy yet, but seeing Odaito. Oh. Um, let's move on let's get to the next question next question is what do you think of a face-off 2 and who would star in it so i i asked my friend this question because i thought it was a great question and he suggested charlie Theron and sandra bullock and i'm like yes that's an amazing answer (laughs) (laughs) face-off 2 Theron bullock that'd be great Dermot Maroney and Dylan McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They actually yes! What, they tra- they traded. <laughs> Dermot Maroney yes! and Dylan McDermott. Amazing answer. Uh, they starred uh, Durable McDillett, the movie. Uh, uh, Cole Hauser and Josh Lucas. There's another one that's just people. Hmm. Or go older. Gary Busey and Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Cole Hauser is at home going, please make this happen. Please make this happen. <laughs> I think Cole, Cole Hauser's in Transcendence, I believe, which means that he oh, probably really? dies. He's going to die, yeah. He probably dies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he probably gets squashed by a giant satellite or computer. What if that happens next week? I'll be so happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, like, I don't like it, but just, like, it'd be fitting if I called that. Um, anyway, let's uh, move on. I think that, that, was, that was a good session about now. Feedback. Feedback. Thanks, Abe. Let's move on to box office. Each week we go over the pre- the uh, results of the box office. We didn't have any predictions this week because we were doing the Raid 2, and um, I didn't expect it to make much money, and it didn't. It got an 11th place um, after expanding wide uh, to almost 1,000 theaters. Uh, made a million dollars. You know, fine, whatever. 
Um, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, Captain America stuck around in number one, just barely over Rio 2. Captain made 41 mil. Rio 2 made 39 mil. And these are estimates, so that could change, but we'll see. Oculus hit third place of 12 million, and given that these movies are always pretty cheap, that's you know probably a success. Um, let's see, Draft Day with Kevin Costner, fourth Ugh. place. Ugh. <laughs> that yeah. movie. I uh, I hesitated to ask you guys your opinion of Draft Day because uh, yeah, because of that. Yeah, well, you know I don't like Costner, so like that he combined is with cinematic Lunesta. <laughs> so boring. That's the best thing I've ever. Are heard. you having sleeping problems? Go see a Kevin Costner movie. Seriously. Three days to kill, three minutes to sleep. <laughs> I didn't mind him so much in Three Days to Kill. I was like, oh, he's got a personality now. I'm not falling asleep. And then draft day was just. All sorts of terrible. I'm sorry, but it is. They put it out at the perfect time, then, because I am so starved for, like, football-related anything at this point that I'm just like, maybe I'll go watch that and, like, don't just look at the logos me. or something. I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm just waiting for the draft at this point, actually. Well, we, we got some baseball. We got Curry running. Sorry, million-dollar arm coming pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the sports movie is, like, I really love good sports movies. I love Rudy. I love, you know, Brian's song's really good. Um, Any Given Sunday's really good. But this was just, ugh. It's all sports. Wall-to-wall sports talk. So unless you're, like, if unless you talk incessant sports all of the time, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Out and, now with Aaron Nabe, all sports, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think it's funny that all the ads for the movie feature... Uh, sportscasters and not critics. Ah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, uh, that's the part that kind of ruined it for me in the trailer. It's just like, I don't want to hear all these ESPN quote-unquote analysts talking about anything on the big screen. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, There's so much wrong with that movie. I This would take <laughs> another hour if I were to air all my... <laughs> Well, well, we can we can we can revisit this when we get to our God's Not Dead podcast, of course, right? That's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's get to uh, hey hey, what oh. time is it? Hey, Aaron, I believe it's time for some uh, some games. Just looking for that redemption. You should uh, send that to Gareth Evans. I will. <laughs> I will. Good use for that. <laughs> oh man, it's going there. That email guy, the email being written. <laughs> I have a game that we have not played in some time, Abe. Uh oh. It's called Taglines. Yes. This is where I read a movie tagline, and you're supposed to guess which movie this tagline is from. Some of these might be pretty easy; others might be insanely difficult. But okay. the the running theme is that undercover plays a part, or martial arts in some way. Okay. All right. Um. Do we so, have to buzz in? Yeah, we'll do the buzz in. So everyone, when you if you think you know the answer, say your name first, and then say the answer that you think it is. So we, you know, you can buzz in essentially that way. Got it. Understood. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the first one. Every dog has his day. Uh, hmm. I, I know. Say, I know this. It's I'll just say, like a, yeah, I feel like I'll I know say, this. I'll say early nineties. Early nineties. Every dog has his day. Early 90s. Uh, Undercover. Every dog has his day. Undercover. Five five seconds. Mm. Two. One. 
Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir Dogs is the answer. Oh. Please remember to buzz in. Oh, <laughs> oh I forgot to pay. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs is the correct answer. Should have known. I'll give you points. I'll give you points for that. Here's the next one. In 1978, the U.S. government waged war against organized crime. One man was left behind the lines. Mm. I'll say mid-90s. And I'll say we mentioned this movie in this episode. Mm. Can you say it again? In 1978, the U.S. government waged a war against organized crime. Eight. What? Yeah? Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco is the correct answer. Woo! Mm. Good pull. Here's the next one. If these two can learn to stand each other, the bad guys don't stand a chance. <laughs> Some of these are pretty general. Uh, undercover? I'll say late 80s. Uh, uh, late 80s? Oh, okay. Spies like us? Sorry, I didn't buzz in. You didn't buzz in, and that's also incorrect. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, I want to say, uh, Abe, Tango and Cash. You're on the right track, but mm. Tango. Yeah, that was like one of the like, lame 80s movies with like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, probably. Ooh, that's, that's Russell. Eight. That's Russell and Stallone, yes. Is it uh, Tequila Sunrise? Nope. Dang. You, you're very close, though, and because we <laughs> that's, yeah! that's too much time spent on it, the answer is Lethal Weapon. Ah. Here comes the next one. When he said, I do, he never said what he did. (laughs) When he said, I do, he never said what he did. Well, something having to do with marriage, and it's probably in the, oh my god, you're a spy subgenre. You pretty much nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) But the titles are not coming to my head. I'll say mid-90s. Oh, Abe, True Lies. True Lies is the yes. correct answer. <laughs> Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> I hope there are people at home. I want people to like write in if they're like actually screaming in at home what the answers <laughs> to these <laughs> questions <laughs> are. Yeah. They don't know the pressure. <laughs> Dick Beagle is he's screaming at us right now. Here goes the next one. This might be easy. The mouth of the West and the hands of the East are back. Abe. Oh. Rush oh. What? Rush Hour Two. Rush Hour 2 is the correct answer. Beat me to I watch that movie, like, every year, by the way. <laughs> it used to come on TNT, like, all the time. And I'd be Rush like, Hour used to come on TNT all the time. Both of them, yeah. yeah. Three doesn't, and I'm not mad about that at all. Because that's not a good movie. Okay. Oh, I thought that was, like, a tagline. I was like, three doesn't? What? <laughs> I was talking like, three doesn't, and that makes you happy. <laughs> and here we go. You try telling him his 50 minutes are up. 50 minutes. I can emphasize that weird differently. You try telling him his 50 minutes are up. <laughs> Time year frame? Uh, 2000. Hmm. Hmm. Or I think it's 99, actually. Let me see. Actually, it is 99. Abe. Yeah? Last Action Hero? Nope. Last Action. That's like early 90s, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> say bro. <laughs> I always say bro to you. Just to like mess, just to mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> You try telling him his 50 minutes are up. 50 minutes. Analyze this. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, Here. Uh, hand, hand, I was like, how does that... Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Some undercoverness going on. There is. Here comes the bride. Hey, kill the... Oh, dang it. Yes. I uh, need, I... Bullet. need a full answer. Volume... One... That is the correct answer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> your way into it. <laughs> Here we go. Here's another one. 
go ahead. You tell him you didn't do your homework. Abe, kindergarten cop? Kindergarten cop is the right answer. <laughs> Just go with your gut, guys. Steve Roland here. Abe's going with his gut. You got to go with yours. I haven't played a game in such a long time. Next one. Keep the others in mind. Back with a vengeance. Back with a vengeance. Mm. Keep the others in mind. Back with a vengeance. Abe, die hard. Nope. Mm. It's a sequel. Well, yeah. We need more hints. Year? 2000s. Mid-2000s. I know as soon as you say it, it's going to be like, oh, yeah. Back with a vengeance. Who's trying to get vengeance? Oh. Uh. I know it's not Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think I know. Might as well go for it. And mm-hmm. Ghost Rider? It, what? Ghost Rider? What sequel is that to? I don't know. Uh, what, is the, what is Ghost Rider a sequel to, Abe? Tell me. <laughs> Didn't he have two movies? <laughs> the answer is Kill Bill, Volume 2. Damn it! Ah. <laughs> I just literally threw my, my beard hat across the room. Here's the next one. In a future where freedom is outlawed, outlaws will become heroes. Abe, some Ewan McGregor movie. No, what Ewan McGregor movie would it be? I was thinking of The Island, but that's not that's not the right answer. That's not anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like all white? What are the other Ewan McGregor sci-fi movies, <laughs> Um, Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> that's in the past. Oh, sorry. What was it? What was the clue? In a future where freedom is outlawed, Outlaws will become heroes. That kind of is misleading, actually, given who's the actual hero in the movie. Mm. It's it's equilibrium. That's ah, it. interesting. It's like it's more of he's like a cop that becomes a hero, whatever. Huh. Bad, bad tagline for equilibrium, but that movie was had no way to market itself because it made like two dollars. Yeah, I think I watched Equilibrium. You ever see Equilibrium? You watch it. It's on Netflix streaming. You dig it, Jose? That's your kind of movie. Okay. Christian Bale kicking ass. Is that where he looks like he's in the Matrix? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. There we go. Add that to the old cue. One hundred percent pure adrenaline. Abe Crank. Nope. Oh, that's a that's what I was gonna guess. One hundred percent pure adrenaline. Heavy on the undercover theme. Early nineties. Undercover. Early nineties. It's Undercover brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's two thousand and like two. Uh. Oh, it's like, um, it's like um, slap, um, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, Jose, um, Point Break. Point Break is the great yes. Oh, wow! Uh, yes. It's like slapped on every poster for that movie, 100%. <laughs> yeah. oh, I finally okay. got one. Here's the last one. Their, their deadly mission, to crack the forbidden island of Han. Huh? 70s. Their deadly mission, to crack, crack, to crack the forbidden island of Han. Uh, pass. Martial arts film. 1970s. Popular one. Island. Um, Jose. Yep. Is it Enter the Dragon? It is Enter the Dragon, Jose. Yes. Nice I job. I thought it was to Abe, but I... 
Yeah, Abe has one, two, three, four, five. Five, so Abe is our winner. Woo! Who was undercover in that one? The, the, uh, the, there's the, the, the black guy, like, he's like a cop or whatever. Mm, I saw that, like, maybe. I think so is Bruce Lee. Thing. I think all three of the main guys are undercover in that movie, actually. I don't think I've seen that since, I, like, I watched it a bunch of times when I was a kid, just because, like, you know, Bruce Lee and beating people up, but. I don't think Mortal I remember Kombat. the plot. <laughs> you watch Mortal Kombat, you know the plot. It's the same plot. <laughs> anyway, that was games. Let's uh, move on to Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray and DVD or streaming this week. And we got a few here. Uh, the first is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Eh. I like Walter Mitty quite a bit. I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, I think it's got a quiet charm to it. I liked what it was trying to say. It was a little bit tonally, like, uh, all over the place. Some stuff went a little too silly, and that didn't really seem to fit, but I didn't mind it as much as a lot of people really hated it. I thought it played broad. For, yeah. For having, it had the sensibilities of an indie film that happened to have a big budget. Yeah, it looked beautiful. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Great cinematography. Uh, Philomena comes out. Yay? Yeah, I like Philomena. It's a strong acting movie. You mean Philomania. Philomania with Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) He's on the corner of the box, actually, with his hands raised. Philomania! (laughs) (laughs) And next up, we have The Nut Job. Uh, (laughs) Ugh. Pile of trash. Gun gun style. On the bottom of that one, it has Leonardo DiCaprio shrugging, saying, Aw, nuts. He's a big critic now. I don't know if you noticed this. He's, he's gone back to his roots. I can't wait to see him at screenings. That would be great. <laughs> he just walks in. He's got a little his hat backwards and a notepad. <laughs> well, just get to review the movie. He looks just he looks as uh, deer in headlights as he did when he's in that porno theater in The Departed and Jack Nicholson's there. Like, what's going on? <laughs> After that, we have Ride Along. Ugh. Yeah, pass. Nobody it's needs fine. to see that movie. <laughs> you don't need to see it, but it's fine. Like, no. It's, it's fine. <laughs> no. Dialogue. Ugh, so boring. Go watch well, about last night and stuff. Yeah, go, yeah, do that, because that movie was fun. E. With a capital E. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but right along, too, next week, year, so you got to make sure, you got to see it just to be ready for the right along, too, the, the Dark Cube Rises. <laughs> is that what uh, The Purge 2 is? <laughs> Right along yeah. to? Right along to. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right, right along to the purge. Let's Yeah, let's move on to next week's show. Next week we're going to talk about Transcendence, the new Johnny Depp Skynet thriller. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this one is uh, starring Johnny Depp and a host of other people, including Morgan Freeman, Paul Bettany, Kate Barra, what's her name, um, Rebecca Hall, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people. Yeah. And it's from director Wally Pfister, who was, of course, the DP in all of Christopher Nolan's past films, so I guess there's... A, some inherent interest there, but we'll see. But with that said, what do we think Transcendence is going to do next weekend in terms of the box office? Captain America made around $41 million this week. I'm going to say Transcendence makes second place. Captain America will still be first with some 30-odd, so I'm going to say Transcendence second place, $27 million. All right. That sounds about right. I think it'll still be Captain America's week next week. And it would probably be, Transcendence will probably be number two. Maybe, maybe 23? I don't know that there's a lot of awareness out there for it. The number 23. Yes. Got it. 
Johnny Let's Depp's see. mnemonic will be number two at the box office. Heyo! Hey! Wow! Hey! Movies with Dolph Lundgren and dolphins. Johnny mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> Jose, any thoughts? Um, what did Abe say? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Uh, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. All right. Do you think first or second? Oh. Let's see. Uh, Cat made like what, like forty million still this weekend? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, let's go. That's the only new opening, right? Uh, no, there's a couple actually coming out next week. Uh, Transcendence opens with a haunted house too. Okay, that oh, that's gonna burn up the. I mean, it, it, it is it is it's a sequel because the first one made money. I wouldn't I wouldn't discount it's the true. haunted house audience. It's true. Uh, there's also. Heaven is for real. Is Heaven is for real. Oh, I feel really bad because whenever I see that trailer, I laugh and I just feel like a terrible person. Um. And and there is also Disney's Disney's Bears opens next weekend. Oh. Bears, where you have to pronounce the B as a bounce. Bears. Bears. I'll say first, just because I think as the de facto big release, it'll probably take first. All right. Well, since I don't have to put too much effort, I'll just say first place of thirty million, effectively cutting off Jose from winning. Ah. Unless it gets exactly 29. <laughs> so there you go. That's Stepped I mean. right into my trap. Yep, he did. Like a spider. He caught himself a couple of flies. All right. Perfect. Exactly. Let's, uh, let's end the show, because that's the only thing left to do, because Woo! that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now, Theron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for my Blu-ray reviews, and at twitter.com slash aaronsps4. Abe? find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackspot.com and find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash walrusmoose hashtag still watching season 5 of Breaking Bad. All of that. It's a long, all of that on the end of that hashtag. It's a long hashtag. Uh, Courtney? Uh, you can find me on veryaware.com and also on Twitter at at lulamaybell. And Jose? Uh, find me writing at theyoungfolks.com um, I should have a review up for the raid two up there and I'm covering Silicon Valley which is really good um, oh cool it's pretty mm-hmm. funny everybody should watch it and uh, Twitter at Jose Cordova that's my name and yeah you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and of course at Stitcher as well as at HHWLED.com you can find all our other shows there as well including the Walking Dead TV podcast Half Hour Wasted and other fun shows about comics and TV actually I should probably mention myself and friends of the show Brandon and Maxwell have started the 24 podcast, 24 at the Jack and Chloe Adventure cast, where we talk about the upcoming <laughs> new episodes of 24, and we're currently recapping the series just as a kind of pre uh, to prepare for the upcoming season of 24. But that's what we're doing there. So there you go. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us out now podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you were just screaming answers about the games that you knew were correct or your thoughts on the raid too. <laughs> Interact with us over at Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. You can put you can follow us there and see the various gifs and pictures that we post. As well as at uh, our voicemail line, 972-798-3830. You can actually scream into a phone if you're answering questions on the games this week and you know want to leave us a message indicating that thing. Uh, Courtney and Jose, thank you so much for joining us to talk the Raid 2 and more today. Thank you. Yeah, always a good time. Great. And, yeah, happy to have you guys. And, uh, Abe, um, 
Things yes. are gonna get things are gonna get crazy next week of Johnny Depp. I guess his mind is going somewhere. I don't know where it's going. Yeah, I uh, I don't know either. <laughs> okay. I guess. Yeah. So until next time, so long and transcendence. Goodbye. Could it be my bag of jeans or my gold teeth that make me different from y'all? Ain't tripping, dog. But listen, dog. I was raised there different, y'all. Doing my thing. This my ghetto slang and I'm representing through. How are we going to put a trailer in here, Aaron? I, I can I can pick. Shut up, Abe. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll, show, I'll show you how to put a trailer in here. This is where rate move. Uh, rate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philomania!